0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Poetry on the Year. This is Poppy Jennings and Jack
1: Collins, and
0: we're bringing you lots of poetry and chat and just good vibes. Today, we are joined by Elijah East, who's a poet from Leeds. And if you don't mind, do you want to kick us off with a poem?
2: Uh, please. Yeah, so I'll start with a poem called Fairies. I describe this one as my hit. Mm. And often say, if I was Alexandra Burke, this would be my bad boys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah. That's my favorite comparison (laughs) I've ever heard. It
2: always comes back to Alexandra, I think. (laughs) Can you
1: tell us what collection this is from as well? Oh
2: Yeah, so this is from my new zine, Virtues, Requeering Our Flag, which is uh, a collaboration between me and eight Leeds queer artists where we reimagine the pride flag. Um, So this is fairies. And the night collects so that neon lights can hold our shape like a memory. When a profile takes shape, struck out of the night like a face from a block of marble, I realise that you won't be here forever and I'm best holding that face between my hands before it's lost to the darkness again. I, I... I let me pray my body on petrified limbs which waft the night away like smoke so I might shine enough to draw you to me. There are trees all around us and a cliff where God might swan dive like loose change onto all his queer children. It's expression, the way our culture honours as it mocks, so that nothing is holy except knowing that we are that we made it long enough to be here together. Sky, mist, the first sign of a new day. We were not meant for the garden, and yet, darkness escapes into the lines on a drag queen's face, and first daylight glistens on a highlight which makes fresh truth out of cheekbones. Realness, promise, here we are defining tomorrow. We may gather in the night, But light will fall about us and hold, if only until the world wakes up, that here is nature. Trees, stone, drag queens, sex workers, and a magic that will be gone into the ground by the time the first office block opens. Fairies. Thank you for not believing in us. We've grown the most beautiful wings.
0: Woo! I love that poem. Thank yeah. you. It was really beautiful. Thanks. I remember
1: hearing that for the first time um, at, on the mic mm-hmm. uh,
0: mm.
1: in Left Bank, and it was just you, a you audibly moment. <laughs> gasp. <Yeah>. I remember because <laughs> <laughs> I was. Can you
0: think of a better reaction than Jack Collins, audibly gasping? <laughs> well, I was
1: like sat there over to the side, and I thought first, how did I miss that rave?
0: Like it yeah. sounds incredible, yeah, yeah. and then
1: second, just wow. It conveys it so perfectly. I just loved it. Mm.
0: It was really good as well. I think the acoustics of Left Bank too. So mm. like when you were reading that poem. I remember just sitting at the back and being like, Whoa.
1: "I think you were illuminated in light blue light as well." I think yeah. I just remember this moment. I was like, "I think Jesus. I did feel a bit like a fairy <laughs> yeah.
2: in both a gay and mythical sense." Like I was, yeah. It was, that was my first ever time mm. reading poetry. Ever. Really? Yeah
0: natural born reader it was you, yeah you it was couldn't very tell good. i feel like i mean i've been reading poetry for like seven years and still i can hear the like quiver in my voice mm. you know from the nerves but right. you read it so well
1: i don't hear the quiver i think that not? the quiver is experienced most by the quiverer So <laughs> yeah. in yeah. performance the only way you can ever tell is by someone's hands. I think that's the biggest tell. Yeah, so like you're not
0: holding something. And you yeah. yeah, sometimes
1: even by the end of someone's performance, you're
2: like, oh, they're nervous, yeah. but they're not, like but it you doesn't can't read. Hear it you in have them. this weird ability to disguise mm. nerves yeah. from the performance. Well, I've always been told I have a really monotonous voice. Like I have a problem where like, I'll earnestly like someone will tell me something mm. and I'll be interested. I'll be like, "Oh, really?" Sarcastic. It's what I sound like, but it comes <laughs> out <laughs> no. as like, "No, oh, really?"
1: And they're yeah. always like, "It like, comes with just, having like, a deep yeah? voice." I'll often <laughs> say "yay" and mean it. To yeah, my but it way. comes out as like, "Yay!" Yeah. Yeah. And she'll be like, okay. "Yay!" She would be, She like
2: does an impression back to me. I'm like, "No, I meant it." Like, <laughs> yeah, yay. So yeah. Funny. People yeah. always think I'm being sarcastic, and yeah. I do. But apparently, with poetry that's like people like that and I think Mm. it covers up if there is a quiver it's just kind of
0: like hidden yeah there's just like a a
2: nice ebb and flow which Mm. masks a lot of nerves maybe like a Mm.
1: lowest register that hides the quiver automatically maybe yeah Yeah.
0: so I wanted I wanted to ask you about um, your collection really quickly Mm -hmm. when you say requeering the flag Mm -hmm. can you kind of explain behind that and like where that comes from
2: yeah so i think it was kind of i had this idea that because i knew that the original pride flag was eight colors and Mm. each one represented a different virtue so i always wanted to do like write these poems based around colors and so like the color violet represented Mm. spirit and pink represented sex and stuff and i just always thought that would be a sick idea for like Mm. a mini collection um but in terms of like requeering the flag I think it's yeah going back to what the pride flag was mm-hmm. when it started out, right. which I
0: had no idea that each colour had a different y- representation. Yeah,
2: it, yeah. I, I mean, don't
0: know why I didn't know that. It's just I think I think I knew, but I
1: certainly had no idea about it. Really grounds like, them in yeah. a in a way that like teaches you what they originally meant.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it is lost a bit now because the pride flag is used so frequently. Yeah, and like. That is what I mean by requering. because mm-hmm. when like Sainsbury's, God love them, have it <laughs> up in their window, I am just a bit like, what does this mean anymore? On the like, way to the
1: studio, we pass like... um, the the Audi rings <laughs> um, on a queer flag. Have you yeah. seen that? Did you see that on the way in? I uh, no, I know I had. This so It's like the the Audi logo at one of their dealerships uh-huh. um, done as the pride. Flag I just pushes. find it so
0: weird. Cause I'm just like, I know this, it's probably a really silly thing. Cause like, I don't know. I'm just you're a supermarket. Do you know what mm. I mean? I'm just a bit like, yeah, you've all you've done is change the color of your logo, but what are you actually doing as a supermarket or yeah. like as mm. a, as a corporate, kind of entity what are capitalism you actually doing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's like, and come it... shop at our supermarkets because we love queer people mm, it yeah. just doesn't scream e- Do Activism. I mean?
2: yeah and i think the thing is as well that like part of like maybe why it's happened like this is because a rainbow is so palatable and mm. it is so like eye-catching and like i can see why brands have and i think the reason that that was used as the original pride flag is because at that time gay mm. people were fighting more for like acceptance mm. rather than liberation. Right. It was a
1: extremely positive. How could you ins- how could you come for the e- rainbow? Yeah, be yeah. insulted by no. yeah,
2: although that hasn't stopped
0: no. many,
1: many people. No, it's <laughs> not so pretty
0: though. Like what could you really have against?
1: Well yeah. It was like the most buttons. gentle symbol <laughs> they could probably come up with. Yeah. And the fact that each colour represented something allowed it to be multifaceted. Didn't yeah, it? I just had yeah. an
0: idea. I think that's such a nice way to kind of to coordinate a collection as well. Like I love that each different poem is a different color it's just it's such a nice image but also it's so cohesive i feel mm. like you know when you write in a collection so many people struggle to figure out like how they're going to tie them all Structure together is difficult, mm. yeah. but that is such a, a really nice way to do it mm. yeah it's really cool
2: yeah thank you
0: yeah no worries and the artists in there as well mm-hmm. do you have like a little like list of names that you could tell us. Yeah, I mean so in
2: the idea was to have a poem for each colour and mm-hmm. then send the poems to eight different queer leads artists mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that they'd create eight original artworks nice. based around the poems and the colours. Um so yeah, the art's comprised of Leon Davis, Charlie Freer, k Walker, who's an amazing poet mm-hmm. who we all know and love. We love yeah. K Walker. We love K Walker. Big up K Walker. Yeah. Um Aisha Akbar, Zara Bao, jazz Lewis Henman, Georgia Ellis and John Christie. And big up them all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they definitely all definitely go job. check them all out. Awesome. By what method did you source them? Um, so two of them are my one of Georgia is one of my like childhood friends, and she was like the only straight person left in our childhood friend group. And then <laughs> like I don't know, I think we must have been like twenty. She came out, and it was like, "Oh wow!" Like <laughs> we have no like hmm. diversity in this group anymore. I've completed the set. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got to catch them all. Yeah, my May, my friend Meg is kind of like the glue of that group, and apparently, her dad said to her after Georgia came out, "Like, what do you do to your friends?" Because <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, "How has this happen?" Like it was <laughs> one by one. Um, it's contagious <laughs> yeah 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 it's yeah <laughs> proved it yeah but um so i reached out to her and her girlfriend who are both great artists and then i'm friends with john who's uh he did the cover as uh, well john Christo, was that john Christo? yeah mm. and then he put me in touch with everyone else um which yeah it's been a lovely way to like Reach out and connect with like the so queer. it was community. that you yeah. was kind of
1: like seeded within your friendship group and then connected within that.
2: Yeah, and now I go to like Love Muscle and it's just like all the people who mm. did work on my zine, which is sick. Like That's it's been so a great nice. in to like meeting yeah. other queer creators. What's Love Muscle? Love Muscle is listeners? a club night that happens at Wharf Chambers once a month, which is very queer. Very naked, very sweaty.
0: Amazing. Uh, yeah, it's a lovely a time. rave. Dare
1: we say a rave? Uh, is more
0: like uh, a is it yeah, I definitely party?
2: think it's crazy. so It's somewhere. It's always somewhere between a disco and a rave. I think. Okay. Oh, what a combination! Check yeah, it out. yeah, check it out, everyone. Yeah.
0: So, what first drew you to writing and writing poetry?
2: Oh, big so, question. Yeah, I know. Literally, <laughs> my life flashed before my eyes. Um, <laughs> I first started. My parents love to tell this story, which is, like, the first thing I ever wrote was, I think we were at, like, a soft play area when I was seven, and there was, like, all the other kids were playing, but there was a table with, like, crayons and, like, white A4 paper, Mm -hmm. and I started writing, like, a story about a gorilla which then like, I think I like to say I was seven. I, I've probably stuck with that project more than I've stuck with any creative project. It's too. ongoing,
1: though it's yeah, not, still yeah. unclear yeah. as to what happens to the gorilla. Yeah, 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 in it's, the
2: end. there's legs there, definitely. There's an ellipsis <laughs> at the end there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, it, I don't know, it had like talking coconuts and just Ooh. like my dad. I still think to the day I die, like my dad's favorite thing I'll ever right, Is that will be the gorilla with the talking coconuts. <laughs> like. Um, and I, I think
0: I'd read that. That sounds great. Mm. I'll, I'll dig it up. Yeah, <laughs> that, that'll be my next. I think we release. all deserve yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: and he followed his collection virtues with the gorilla with the talking coconuts.
2: <laughs> um, so that was kind of when I think I think that was like my family were just like, oh, like this is I don't know. It seemed acknowledged that that was something I did. That was your calling, a maybe. Mm. Like Elijah Loves Writing, they would say, yeah, 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 it was very much like, and then I remember having this dream of like, I want to, which is so like embarrassing now, but I remember having the dream of wanting to be like the youngest ever published writer. And Mm. my mum would always just be like, why don't you just aim to be a published writer? (laughs) Why don't we? um, Well, will
1: surely... Yeah, how they young is that? Well,
2: I well now like you got sure, like Blue like Ivy and nine. stuff. Was he was probably has say, a writing credit that on like has Beyonce, got right? So, True. Children
0: out there that have been published since then yeah. Jaden
2: Smith definitely had a children's book by the time he was like four <laughs> yeah. or something. So even when I set the goal, <laughs> reverses the meaning <laughs> of children's yeah. book yeah. to a Plus book by a child. By seven, yeah, I was over the hill. Like I already failed. Like I'm done. I've you know it's too late for me, mother. Yeah, I'm going to retire now. Um, but then, so the that, gorilla didn't make it, the gorilla did not, it never took off. Okay. I hate Aww. to say, um, but I think just ever since I've kind of dabbled a bit and then I think I was really stunted creatively f- for a few years and I think it was a time kind of between 18 and 21 when I was just coming to terms with my sexuality and kind of clearly like that had mm. repressing some things kind of meant that other things were stunted too um and then yeah i think it was the first lockdown where i think it was the first time i'd really had to like stop Mm. and i started writing a lot then and then in the second lockdown i got really depressed um and that is when like the poems in like this collection Mm. and kind of like all the work all the poetry that i've been proud of really started around then like
1: That's such a strange fact because all of it's uplifting. Mm. Do you not think uh, like every poem, I don't think there's one in there which you could consider to be completely down on itself or with the theme of overall sadness. Mm. You wrote a collection that was positive.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think I'm realizing that because I I say this is stuff I'm proud of. I was writing poetry before the second lockdown. Mm Yeah. But it was like just a bit, stunted and it was a lot sadder and a lot angrier right mm-hmm. but i think something about like whatever that sad that sadness like access something and when i wrote it suddenly just felt really like true and really mm-hmm. like it was just coming out really like plainly but also like creatively and honestly and mm-hmm. um, yeah it almost felt like something shifted i think yeah. i'd always struggled with poetry and then I don't know what happened, but it's just like suddenly it started. There was a click. It coming out. Yeah, I think so.
1: I found in yeah. your collection Nightlife featured prominently um, and also across queer art. Mm. What significance does it hold to you um, and what wider significance do you think it has to the queer community?
2: Mm. I think for me, it's, I mean, you would get the impression from the poems in this collection and my poetry generally that I like really love nightlife and i just go in and it's always like reckless abandon which isn't true like i do think queer nightlife it comes a lot with like comparing yourself to others and like wanting to look good and i don't really drink or take drugs that much which naturally means kind of like i've
1: heard your story
2: about like the weed
1: vape where you uh yeah had a bit of a mare yeah yeah anytime i try to like
2: do those things it just ends like horribly Mm. um so i yeah i feel like it's, it's not necessarily free of contention for me, like, clubbing. Yeah. Mm. But I do think it's just, like... It almost just feels like when you enter, like, a proper queer nightlife space, you are just stepping through into another world. Because mm. yeah. I know for a fact if I tried to bring, like, some of my straight friends with me, it'd be like I'd step through the portal and maybe, like, they they just wouldn't be able to. they'd still yeah. be
1: observers there. Yeah, yeah they,
2: they would be in the physical space, but they just would not understand, mm-hmm. like, what was... Ha- like what they were seeing whereas for me it's just like it's like where everything that I know to be true and everything I hold valuable is actually esteemed in that space and like right. the way that you express it like the way that I express myself mm-hmm. which I tried to oppress for a really long time is celebrated there and like yeah. you can never be too much I think that's the thing yeah. like
1: I can see that do you think that space like exists anywhere else other than queer nightlife expressly queer nightlife um i know that's a mad question but yeah do you know
2: what I, mean? I mean i i don't know that i've seen it experienced it mm. right i mean I, I thought of like poetry nights and i do think there's an element of that where it's like everyone just brings themselves but that's a bit too intellectual almost like yeah. it's very heady you can't
0: what, be as loose yeah and yeah. it may
2: not bring everybody in in the queer community
1: because some it may just yeah, not be interested like in poetry playing, it's fine yeah like, like, yeah, that that yeah. Kind
2: of yeah yeah but likewise, people whereas nightlife is
1: unifying mm.
2: yeah yeah i think it's just like yeah i think that's it it's body-based and it's just like mm. I, I don't have to question like how i'm moving there or like if anything i want to push myself beyond yeah. what i thought i was capable of whereas like so much of life is like tape like um tapering it down a limitation yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah right. definitely. i feel like whenever i go out and i'm going to a queer night specifically you know like a gay bar mm. there is it, it i think you're right like it's like you step through something and all of a sudden you just feel free mm. like completely able to be every part of yourself not tailoring yourself to kind of heteronormative ideals in society but then like like a few years ago i was i was kind of like I had a group of friends two of us were queer and we both used to just not enjoy going out in like normal clubs mm. not they're not straight clubs but they they kind of are just by default mm. and it's quite off it's not expressly queer because yeah, you don't know how safe you are in being yourself in those particular clubs or bars but then the minute you step into a queer club you just feel so much more comfortable, mm. and you can always tell when there's like a Hindu of straight girls. Like, there's an encouragement obvious who's straight. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Flamboyance yeah. is
1: encouraged, and like mm. y- you're encouraged to be the most extreme form of yourself, even if that's not that extreme. It's mm. just they want you to mm-hmm. like be true to yourself yeah. expressly. It's mm-hmm. not like, um,
0: and there's still so in, much judgment. As yeah, well. in
1: straight clubs, mm. it's like. Yeah. If you're a weirdo, you yeah. feel weird, yeah. which yeah. is a big
2: thing. I mean, I've unfortunately been to a straight club. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yeah. are you okay? i Nobody dances
0: properly. It's really weird. No. But like, I've been the to
2: two like-
1: two-step with a beer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the shoulder buff. Yourself. Oh, chill out.
2: <laughs> Whoa.
1: Throw one shape with the right shoulder, throw just one with left. Left. Yeah, I
2: is. honestly think like some people would just like not recover if they went to it. Like some of those mm-hmm. people, if they went to a queer club.
1: Yeah. I think I would hope for a world where it wasn't strange to be queer, but yeah. I think in the one in which we live, space is specifically for queer people and people of color need to exist. Yeah, because absolutely, like, yeah. allyship is so important now. Like you say, people get violent, mm-hmm. people are shocked by like behaviors, yeah, it's mm. but we hope for a world where that's bullshit. Yeah. Mm. I do
0: find it strange that you can go into a queer space and be surprised by people being queer. Like just because you- I not go! we are <laughs> <because laughs> gonna suddenly pretend to be straight to yeah. make you feel comfortable. You're in our space. Mm. Yeah. You don't need to be there because you're not marginalized. Mm. It's okay for marginalised people to have their own spaces and you don't need an invite. You don't automatically have entitlement to be in every single space mm. just because society is there for you.
1: Yeah, like the, the lucky penny. Is mm. it the is it Lucky Penny? The new penny. S- the new penny, that's it. I have been in a few years, I apologise. <laughs> but they, they used to have a membership system or you have to had to have Uh, be coming with a friend who was a member who could vouch for you Mm. because of the violence that happened there in Mm. like the early 2000s and late 90s i think it was like a
0: i think that's fair It was definitely a thing yeah Yeah. if it's needed it's needed and like you said like at the minute in the world that we live in it's needed until queer people stop being criminalized just for existing Mm. we need those spaces to ourselves
1: can we take this opportunity to ask you for another poem?
2: Yeah, I think I've got a good one. <laughs> for, uh, so this is... Um,
1: for everyone who can't see like right now, he just swept off his shoulder <laughs> like it was like, cool as fuck.
0: Whipped up virtue, <laughs> yeah. ready to read. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go.
2: Um, So this is, yeah, this is a poem I wrote in the second lockdown when I was like, it was just me and my mum watching The Crown, and I was like, my God, do I want to go clubbing? Um. <laughs> So this is Violet, uh, in bracket spirit. I want to be in a club. I want to know beauty through transfusion. Want to breathe who you are in. Don't want to talk, just want to learn all about you by being next to you by elbow grazers. A back against my back. By all the sweat of yours, which I've picked up like a hungry cloud we all of us filling the gaps in the room and it's raining violet. I want to feel how the energy inside me wants to move. I want wrists flicking like snakes tongues. I want a bit of land that is not taking me from A to B, but which is in my life by virtue of its own brilliance. Let me never leave this square. A place where I retrace my steps and it never looks the same. Where the past is whatever I make it now. I want to learn again why the night is cold. I want to learn again why the night is dark. I want to learn again how beautiful we are. I want to feel again that no one knows what they're doing. I don't want to be told it through computer screens. I just want to feel how lost we all are and all the joy that being lost brings. I want to hear a computer being chopped up. I wanna see us breathe. We really are most beautiful when we're dancing. Maybe a people dance most freely only when they've had their backs broken. I wanna look down and see my body white and limp like a chicken liver under my foot and I wanna keep going. I wanna see how far I can stretch. I wanna feel my body falter and not be afraid and know that if my arms and legs don't catch up with me, then that means I'm almost home. Wow.
0: That was really (coughs) nice.
1: Thanks. Phenomenal. Mm.
0: Do you have, like, a writing process or kind of anything in particular that influences you to write, like music or something you're reading?
2: Uh, I actually don't think I have. Well, I have a writing process, Mm. but it's not something I've crafted Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like I think it's only since meeting other poets which has been quite recent Mm. and honestly like reading other poetry a lot and kind of getting to know the poets behind that and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. researching them that I've realized that other people edit and revise Mm -hmm. and like you know like come back to things Mm. and I don't (laughs) like I'll just like (laughs) like it it does come out of me yeah. fully formed pretty much every time. Mm-hmm. And um,
0: so do you kind of construct it in your head or like kind of just think about it? Does and then it when brew? it comes out, it yeah. just Are you thinking flow? about the
1: ideas for a while before you put pen to paper? Or is it quite lightning strike?
2: sometimes so like obviously with this one it's not an accident that like eight different poems all named after (laughs) a different color of the pride for sure like definitely there was like some framework steered by a a structure yeah Yeah. Yeah. um but so like blue which is one of the poems in this one i just remember like i was sat in my mum's garden and like i was like really anxious that day and then like i just started writing and mm. then it like i don't think i've changed anything i oh, know i've changed a couple of things but like the poem just came out and it was like um and then other times i like have the idea but again it's i i don't really do like a bit and then come back to it like um and i think it's because the like emotional landscape i'm working with is one of like generally and this is like habitual for me is one of like suppression and then like a big release so i think it makes sense that for me it's like it just it's like a geyser or something like Mm. it just like shoots up and then it's like it's almost like vomited out yeah and then i'm like (laughs) sick like it's done but i think that like i think it's like a pressure like
1: a collection of like equalizing pressure each poem Mm. represents some kind of thing that was contained that what became yeah yeah
2: reused. i think so i think for the sake of my mental health it would be good that if, like say you <laughs> asked me that question again in 10 years mm. i think it would be a good sign if i was like you were no, writing I- poems about stuff which was fine yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah but also just like writing in a way which was a bit more measured like yeah. wasn't such an explosion because i think that would probably mean that like i know what's going on a mm-hmm. bit more but for now like poetry is like my way of finding out what's going on like yeah. uh, it shoots up and then like I, like, read it back in a few... Like, there's been times when I've written a poem and then my therapist has been, like... There was one particular example when my therapist was, like, I don't just think you're scared of rejection. I think you're also scared of acceptance. Um, What poem was that, may I ask? uh, It's not one... That was in there. It's not one in there. But um, he said that unrelated to, you know, I Mm -hmm. hadn't shown him any of my writing. But I realized like a week before I'd written a poem about imagining telling someone I like them, someone mm. I had a real crush on. And it ended with the line, tell me, baby, how is it that you'll kill me? And I realized that in mm. that line, I was saying like, whether you accept or reject me, it's going to be so painful for me. Like it's yeah. going to be like killer. Mm. Um, but like, so sometimes that's what poetry is for me. I think mm-hmm. it's like me letting my. Self know something about myself, that mm. I don't even know what I'm looking at until if that makes sense. Yeah, is that like the bleed through from the subconscious to yes. tell yeah. yourself
1: are you write in you know, and then look at the poem and be like, "Oh, that's how I was feeling." Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Which, if I could just get better at interpreting my own mm. poetry, that means I could fire my therapist and save money because <laughs> it's all there already. You know, like, I'm already telling myself what the problem yeah. is
0: um it's hard though isn't it like even if you do write something down you read it back and you're like yeah cool that's good that's a good poem that's a good bit of writing but then you still might not absorb what you've actually written down about yourself or you'll play it off like this is what people do sometimes or Mm. you know like you don't actually acknowledge Mm. that it's something that you feel yeah it's hard like that's why we need therapists
1: yeah yeah we should all have therapists yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Sort it out, government.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Very hard to get access to mental health
2: help yeah. at the moment. Mm.
1: Um it's really interesting one thing you said about um knowing a lot of people who are writing poetry. I think that's one really enriching part mm-hmm. of um the current state of like culture from city to city is that you know all your favourite poets, nearly. Mm. Which is weird isn't that a strange thing? Like we were talking the other day about how a lot of the time we only have time to read poets who we know because we're like so involved in trying to do stuff. Mm. You have to get involved with poetry that's close to you because then Mm. we're gonna interact with it on the the festival or the night or whatever. And I think that's a really interesting point is like, um, you just know the poets who really impress you. I don't know. It
0: is nice. It's definitely one of the pros of Leeds, I think. In Leeds, there's this incredible really large community of people Mm, where they're doing
1: so much different stuff Mm. yeah Mm. and there's support
0: for everyone it's not like there's people going oh well you're not doing that event right like, oh, you need to do this for an open mic. It's yeah. totally just mm. like, oh, sick, you've set up an open mic. How's yeah. it going? Or there's even, it's
1: even like, oh, what kind of night would you
2: like to attend? Because yeah. there's 30 going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> <So many>. Yeah. <laughs> I was amazing. blown away, like, yeah. how much stuff there is in mm-hmm. Leeds and surrounding cities. Yeah. Like, I was writing for a while before I, like, came along to mm-hmm. stuff. And I think in the back of my mind, I was like, well, how much stuff can there really be? Mm-hmm. And again, to it use a portal it's metaphor, it's like yeah. a step through and I was like, Shit, like, <laughs> there's so Here much stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually like, I went from uh, predicting I'd be underwhelmed to being like immediately overwhelmed. Mm. like I could actually perform, like, you know, a couple of nights every week if I wanted to. Yeah. But um, I never
1: meet the same people twice in a month, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I've heard from some people as well, like, they ask if they can read it an open mic, and sometimes they're told, oh, well, we don't know who you are. Like, can you send some examples of your work? And I'm just like, if it's an open mic, I feel like people should just be allowed to go up and read if they want to. Like Mm. unless they're very clearly saying something offensive, turn the microphone off. You know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But otherwise, I feel like I don't think I've ever been to an open mic in Leeds where I've been told, Oh, I don't know who you are. Or like, Oh, we don't know what your is gonna be like. Mm. So like you have to apply to do this. Everybody gets one shot, you know, just go up and do something new. I actually
1: feel like Leeds is in it. In a kind of co- category of massive up and comers, we've got Leeds yeah. 2023 mm-hmm. coming up. Um, I just think there's so much vibrancy going on here, and I'm very proud of RC yeah, yeah, for same. music mm. as well. Like, because we work in a um, place where lots of artists work, like, yeah. I know so many illustrators, graphic designers, mm. comic book, mm. uh, and graphic novel drawing folk. Yeah, we know loads everything. of poets. Big up Leeds, yeah, yeah. go to it's some events. Okay, um, do you, Eli, see a line between page and stage? Because as we've heard today mm. um, and seen me and Poppy by reading your collection, you do walk the line uh, mm. between the two. Definitely. I just wanted to get your opinion on that.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, like I say, I'm very new to, mm. to reading poetry and like mm-hmm. spoken word and open mic stuff. I think that's um, why
1: it's good to get your opinion coming into yeah. it. How do you read it?
2: Well, I mean, I think that I definitely I definitely go to some open mic um, events and there's some uh, spoken word artists mm. who it's just like, it's so obvious that this was something that was made to be performed. Like yeah. It's, yeah. it just works. So it's almost like theater because yeah. it's just like the rhythm and like the way that they communicate their writing is just so.
1: It was built around performance. Yeah.
2: And I definitely see a distinction between what I do and what, they do in yeah. that, like I just yeah, like theirs has been built with like you know the stage yeah. at, in left bank, As in part mind of yeah, yeah yeah. Whereas um yeah, for me I think I've told you guys this, but I just feel quite lucky in that I think so far mine has worked in both mediums. Mm. Like I I wrote mine never really anticipating to like read it out loud or to mm-hmm. perform it. Um yeah, just because I think I studied English at uni. So any poetry I came across was always A, a bit dead, because it was usually <laughs> like a, a dead white man. Um, and yeah. B, like it wasn't, we never went to, we were never showed, if we were studying poetry, we were never showed like a performer on stage performing their yeah, poetry. Yeah, that's a good point. It was always just like something He's on the page.
1: presented as a performance. No. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah, it was, I think yeah.
2: in an academic setting, <coughs> that's very much extracted from the poem. And yeah. it's like this cold, hard thing in front it's of you. It's considered
1: unacademic.
2: Mm, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I think that's that's part of it as well.
0: It's so interesting that you say that, because like now that I think about it, almost half of my studies at uni were poetry. Mm. Not a single part of that was video. I'm still not under comments. the umbrella
1: of academia. Yeah, mm. that's It's mm. considered theatre. It's also great that you mentioned theatre because I did mm. an English and drama degree, mm. English literature and drama, and in neither category was performance poetry mentioned. Mm. Do you know well, what I mean? But the combination of the two makes what I try and, I, and do. But
2: I think that's almost like the thing. Like I think poetry is so many things. that mm. like, That's why people love to say poetry is dead. Or like, because... It's kind of so... Such a plethora. that, mm. Like, for the people who, like, hold all the cultural capital and decide what's good art or not, I think they can't pin poetry to a single No, it's thing. between the two, so yeah. yeah, yeah. Which and makes
1: it a bit tricky and a bit awkward and a bit s- y- stupid.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I mean, I'm just... I feel really lucky because I... The only inspirations I had were, like, words on a page. Mm. So that's what I was doing, really. That's all in my imagination poetry was honestly and then but then to go along to like all these amazing things like on the mic um and sub thumping and see Mm -hmm. what can be done and like and then go and do it myself yeah and like find out that like the words i've written on a page can be granted like a whole new life when i read them out loud Mm. um i mean i don't really see a reason why i think like people will write one way or the other Mm. but. I don't think there's a reason why it can't ever be both. Yeah. Like if it look if it's good on the page, it'll be good when you read it out, unless it's like too clever. But <laughs> in which case, like I'm probably not going to get it anyway, realistically. <laughs> and yours,
1: then yours paints such a vivid image yeah. that it works in both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Your words work, and although you don't utilize rhyme mm-hmm. too much, like thinking there's one example of a poem in your collection that does mm-hmm. purposefully, it's. It works because of the thing you're describing. You romanticize such a recognizable part of life that mm. the image comes alive and we don't
2: need the like, the aspect of, like the tricks that one would usually use mm. in a performance yeah. piece. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do think that's part, like when I've been speaking about how my poetry comes up and stuff and like how it's revealing parts of myself, at some, it's a very physical thing for me, I think. Mm. And I think it relates to like queerness and the body a little bit mm-hmm. in that I think being queer means that mm-hmm. you come to know your body in a different way and maybe like it takes a bit longer or something. Um, and yeah, I'm like I think there's something about queerness and queer writing which is like the writers surprising themselves at the same time as they're surprising the reader mm-hmm. because this is something that's coming from them but they don't know it's They're there coming yet. to
1: terms in terms. They're finding it out like at that, the same time yeah.
2: as the person reading the poem mm-hmm. and I think that's why it mine like I do enjoy reading it out in that like it is from the body in a weird Mm -hmm. way or it like has a real physicality like when I write a poem there's a real feeling and there's an urgency and it comes from somewhere so then I was surprised when I stood up and read my poetry and found that like it worked in that setting Mm -hmm. but I think it's because it's from that place of like I don't know, like there's just something it very physical, physical, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah about Didn't it. So. you mentioned
1: the body before now in this podcast, bo- so yeah, mm. I totally. think mm. you, right? Yeah. yeah, on the money.
0: I th- yeah, I mean it's so important, isn't it? Because everything that we experience in physicality, we experience through our bodies. Mm. So it's such a, so like when you write something that has so much feeling, and so much imagery of like touch and movement, sensation, movement. Mm, yeah. It is a, a fully embodied experience, isn't it? Yeah, it engages mm. your
1: senses yeah. while you read
0: it mm. or hear it. Yeah. I love a sensory image. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, and a on, bi- I'm a big the
1: What are we on? Where are we? We
2: are...
0: I think another poem.
2: Yeah? Cool. Do it. Do you want big, small... you
0: read whatever you like this is
1: probably going to be the
2: final poem so give us something stunning (laughs) I think I've mentioned blue already yeah I'll do this one because this is the one where I was in my mum's garden and feeling a bit anxious Mm. and I wrote this poem and I think it was a bit of a like I don't know I think maybe it was my way of just feeling better in that moment or giving Mm. myself what I needed Um, so it's called blue serenity In your arms, is your skin really supposed to communicate all the likeness of you? Your softness cut short by stubborn bone underneath, like I couldn't sink into you all day. I heard that if you roll out your intestines, they'll be as long as a football field, but that still doesn't seem fair. I'm not impressed. I feel for you in moments when I sink beneath the proud fact of my body. I feel for you in moments when what I'm capable of is at the outer reaches of my imagination, not a pair of hands bent out of shape to resist a likeness, the calling card of so many past mistakes. I feel for you when the wordless call of grace is something I need to hear. I feel for you to feel where the sunlight falls, to know the smell on the air is the both of us, hurting i reach out to know that that same space is something i'm a part of reaching beyond canyons and when i meet you here i am i feel for you in the hope that you'll pin me down but also sometimes i feel for you and hope that your shape is something i'll have to walk the unsure edges of as if for the first time padding hands cautious then jollying and assuring, cup to hold the burgeoning truth that yes, here is a standing thing distinct from the air around it. So strange to think that moments ago it didn't exist. And finally, I hope I'll grow to love the mystery of you. The next time I reach out and find you in that place, where skin and bone are no match for electric air and your heart and mind are no longer used to nail you down to you. When searching fingers feel for you and find the gap which is light, stealing in, passing through, then I'll ease my claim on you. I've known it too, the free till when I have shook myself loose, but, my baby, perfection is no match for you. Don't give yourself up to the truth. Falsity's hem has never draped across emptiness or caught the wind so beautifully as with you. So, back to the room, the blue light of late afternoon, and the truth that I can't bear to lose the shape of you.
0: That was amazing. I love that last line. Mm. It's such a nice last line. Mm.
2: I remember feeling pretty tough (laughs) with myself. I was like, that last answer. Am I the deepest person in the world? Yeah, yeah. I was like, no one could ever. They'll try.
1: (laughs) Fantastic. Right, we're gonna finish off with um, six quick fire questions, which are uniformly given to each guest. Okay, was I sent these in advance? No. Okay, great. On purpose. (laughs) Yeah, so that they would shock and appall you. Okay, let's go.
2: Okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay. What's the worst film you've ever seen? Oh, it was called Finding Your Feet. It was like a film where Imelda Staunton divorces her rich husband and goes to live with her sister in London. And it made... It was meant to be liberating for old people, but it made the case that like every person over 60 should be locked in a care home.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Imelda, yeah. if you're listening. Hilarious. Yeah, I Yeah. Mean, honestly, try it. No good.
2: <laughs> right. Good. Sounds good. Best book you've ever read? Uh, Gilead by Marilyn Robinson. What is your theme song? Oh, that's a very good question. I think I wish I knew how it would feel to be free by Nina Simone. What is your favorite smell? Oh, oh, I don't want to say freshly cut grass, but freshly cut grass. That has literally <laughs>
1: come up in every single <laughs> <No>. one. Come. <laughs> freshly cut grass or come. Oh, come. What vegetable would you be? The cauliflower. If you could only have one thing, what would it be? Uh,
2: That's a good question. One thing. Um... Oh, uh, a guitar. That's mm. no good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> At least you're <laughs> always entertained. Yeah. Wait, what do you,
2: well, well what's it? I need the content. I don't know. It's no the poetic, that I mean, you that's say the that mystery. Answer. Jack just told me that I got best. the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> I do you mean, the well, I don't Did know. It, I was going Wonderwall on a, but I a desert I island. To on the nose. <laughs> you are. What
0: would yours be then, mister? That's a terrible answer.
1: Um, A knife.
0: A knife. a knife? What are you going to do with a knife?
1: What for? I don't know. You just do anything you want. With it? So you think you there's could carve, things? <laughs> you can carve. You can make art. You can feed yourself. You can...
0: A knife but no sharpener though, Jack.
1: Well, I'll have six months of very sharp knife. <laughs> and then the rest, will, I'll just be picking my teeth. <laughs> I don't know. I actually don't know. Yes, yeah, who does. Because that's don't a pretty a good answer. <laughs> this is a
0: quick... <laughs> around you just shot him down (laughs)
1: quick shade round quick shade round. quick shade no i'm only kidding guitar's a wonderful answer thank you very much eli thank Thank you so
0: much for joining us yes thank you for
1: having me i've had a great time honestly so have we thank you for joining us for poetry on the air podcast um and we will see you at the festival this week
0: yes and elijah will also be hosting our saturday evening event Unapologetic at high Pat Book Club. So check it out online. It's Page You Feel and just come and enjoy some incredible queer artwork and it's poetry. gonna be
1: large and there's gonna be knives and guitars there.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. For <laughs>
0: there one, one
1: for each, each knives. Every, yeah, <laughs> if you come, we will give you knives and guitars.
2: Yeah, it's a lucky dip.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Knives, guitars, come and cauliflower. <laughs>
0: yum it sounds like a really interesting event what have we got ourselves in for yeah <laughs> Don't
2: thank hold you us to that. <laughs> bye. bye
0: everyone bye for more info on all the events go to leedspoachfestival.com slash events you can find a copy of our program there and links to all our tickets including a full festival pass so you can come to all of the events saturday day pass sunday day pass and a full weekend pass as well